0: Fraternity pledges. Hey, I hope you have your pledge pins on because it's time for another head-splitting episode of Red Movie Rama. And man, are we going to have a blast with this one because we're covering the 1986 classic horror comedy film, Night of the Creeps. And also, we've got a special guest on the show, and that pretty much means, guys, that I kind of need y'all to kind of just go away for a while. Oh, oh man, I, man. I, I want to see some praise. Praise. Hey, you—you you heard the guys. You—you you need to all just split. Vamos. We'll take care of it from here. Well, as well, I. Kind of want you to kind of disappear as well. Now wait a minute here. I I thought that we were uh I thought we were a, a team here. We uh, through thick and thin. Well, we are, but you know sometimes I like to have guests, and and I don't want you to scare them off. Well, is, excuse me. You worried about me scaring them off, and you're gonna watch some crazy movie called Creepy Night of the Dead or whatever. Uh, no, it's it's actually called. Night of the Creeps, and it's it's kind of a classic. Well, it doesn't sound like anything I want to listen to anyway, so I'll just get out of your way, Skippy. Well, I, I appreciate that as well. I, I'll kick it off for you, though. Take it away, Rick.
1: Night of the Creeps is a 1986 horror comedy movie directed by Fred Decker, a couple of fraternity pledges, Pull a prank with a frozen body, and let slug-like creatures loose on the campus. Starring Jill Whitlow as Cynthia, the typical girl next door. Jason Lively as Chris, hey, he's from European Vacation. Steve Marshall as JC, hey, I could hang out with this guy. Alan Kaser as Brad. Yeah, he's the prippy guy you love to hate, and also starring freaking Tom Atkins as Ray Cameron. Too much coolness for one screen. Back to you, Rick. All right, folks, we're going to jump right into this one, and I want to introduce
0: to you pretty much my long lost brother. I, I think we were separated at birth, and that's Mister Joseph Zabigan. Is that right? That's perfect. That that's that's better than I Wow. It. You're not lying to me, are you? Not even remotely. Not even remotely. Perfect. We're such good friends, I screw up his last name every time we talk. So Everybody does. I don't know how it's pronounced. <laughs> this guy is one of those that uh, we started responding to each other's posts, and it just seemed like... I mean, it got to re- so ridiculous, it was like, hey... I like cheese, and he'd be like, I like cheese, too. It's like, well, there you go. Brothers. Cheese is good. <laughs> cheese is great, though. Is it, wait, yes, wait. it we is. We're doing cheese this podcast? I can do cheese. We can, I can do cheese. definitely do some cheese. Okay, this, okay. Movie, this movie's got plenty of cheese in it. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Plenty of cheese. <laughs> I've got some things wrote down here. I say you're a blogger. Uh, you're a reviewer. I said podcaster. But what's this 10MFH? Uh, Thing. Oh yeah, that's um. So that's that's a friend
2: of mine. So that goes way back. So there used to be uh, I don't talk okay. movie maniacs. I don't know if you're familiar with the movie maniac okay. action figures. Absolutely. Back in the day, I used to yeah. be a. Uh, Uh, administrator and a moderator on the official, or the not official, but the uh, moviemaniacs.net message board. I was bloody thumb. Uh, Made friends with a bunch of people there that I'm still friends. Uh, One of my buddies on there, uh, Doug, uh, he runs the uh, 10 Minutes from Hell. Uh, Used to do some more with it, used to do some reviews and stuff. It's kind of got one of those things. We're both now, you know, middle-aged in our 40s. When we started, we were, you know twenties. So, yeah, you know, it, it all kind of slowed down a little
0: bit, but, uh, yeah, cool. Fun so stuff. are you, are you currently doing anything blogger wise or review wise or anything like that? Uh, I still do my blog when
2: I can. Uh, COVID makes it hard. Uh, you know, not very creative, but, uh, yeah, yeah, I have a blog. It's called uh, Crap Nobody Wants to Read. Um, I, I have my uh, my faithful <laughs> reader. Uh, his his name's Steve. He's a really nice guy. Um, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, no, I just put up. I, I don't consider myself a reviewer because, uh, like, I used to review movies on the MovieManiacs.net back in the day. And, yeah. Uh, I don't know, I just it got weird, and so I started to just like, I just like to talk about movies, so I don't really consider myself that I review them. I just sit down and just like blather on like an idiot about whatever movie I feel like talking about it that day. I put up uh, short stories up there. I put up, you know, uh, one of my favorite pieces, reoccurring pieces. Uh, I put up bad teenage Joe poetry. Uh, I will also occasionally put up my... uh, uh, Bits and pieces of my Friday the 13th fan script. I mean, I was like 22 when I wrote it, and you know, it's all solid gold. It's all solid gold. Every
0: minute of it. <laughs> That's awesome, yeah. People that uh, just talk about movies—that—that sounds familiar. I don't know. You—you you may have a long-lost brother, separated birth that kind of does the same thing. Because really, I don't know anything about these movies. I just like them. Yeah,
2: little bit, A <laughs> little bit familiar. Yeah, that's exactly it. It's—it's—I it's, just I like to talk about it's what like. I like about him. Like to talk about, you know, I don't talk about movies I don't like because that's not fun. Well. Sometimes right. that's fun. Sometimes it's a lot of fun to talk about what you don't
0: like, but that's not the case here. But yeah, what we do like is Night of the Creeps, right? Yes, one of the finest movies I think 1986 had to offer in in the horror genre. It's it's a, oh yeah, it's a definitely. long lost friend for me, man. This is a movie I can pop on anytime, and oh yeah, me too. Yeah, never get bored. It's it's uh, I don't know, man. It's it's right at the height of. The roller coaster horror movie, right? Because it's not full fledged horror. Yeah, it's it's just a kind of a mixed bag of everything. You're kind of getting the dark humor of everything that's coming out this time with Reanimator, Evil Dead Two. This one kind of fits right yeah. in there comfortably with all that stuff, and just absolutely love it. Yes, yeah, yeah. This this one for me. I mean,
2: this one for me. I I'm. A little bit younger than you, I think. I think you're a little older than I am. Yeah. But uh, So I was 11. I'm old! (laughs) I was 11 when this one came (laughs) out. And uh, one of my favorite things Mm. to do, I wish I still had this notebook. But I had a notebook where I would sit down, a movie would start up, I would write down Night of the Creeps... Directed by Fred Decker, you know, written by, you know, yeah. starring, but I'd, I'd write down the information in the credits. And then as the movie went on, I'd be like, okay, de- death one, uh, frat guy, in, you know, killed <laughs> by slug. You know, I'd put up girl killed by, you know, uh, guy with axe. And, and I would sit there and I would watch these movies and I would keep. A, you know, a detailed record of how many people died and what happened to them. And like this one, I remember this one just going crazy and rewinding at the bus sequence, so I could count exactly yeah. how many people were on that bus, so that I could have an accurate number. And I went into school, and I'm on, on the, uh, the uh, in the lunchroom the next day. Go, oh, no, you got to see night of the creeps. Look at how many people died in the bus sequence alone. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I wish I still had that notebook. What's hilarious is your eleven year old self takes better notes than what I've got for this show tonight. <laughs> you know what? I
2: have a notebook. I have a notebook of notes sitting here that I actually wrote almost a year ago <laughs> and was gonna watch it it was gonna, you know, do a couple of yeah. rewatches It's like, well, you know what? I already have the notes. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, so the, what he's getting to there is we were gonna try to do this one on uh, House of Wax when we kind of had it up and running, and we actually recorded an episode talking about this movie, and technical difficulties took over, and it just basically wiped the whole thing out. So we're gonna have a bit of deja vu here, little bit going through this, but uh, Gremlin got into this. It's system. gonna be uh, <laughs> totally fun totally fun so let's let's launch into this thing so this thing starts off like you expect any horror movie from the 80s to start off with an alien spacecraft yeah, <laughs> yeah
2: that's one of my favorite things about it it just got like yeah. the movie starts like three times
0: yeah, yeah it's kind of like a superman the movie where you just keep changing locations right so this <laughs> exactly. one you start off in a an alien spacecraft these little bitty they're kind of ET looking but a little scarier looking. They do have functional legs, so that's a that's a win for them. So, I did have a friend watch it with me. It was her
2: first time seeing the movie. She loved it. Yeah. So, it holds up and about the aliens, she did point out that the aliens have cute little butts. So, oh. Take that as Selling you will, the, the female perspective, the <laughs> aliens have cute little butts.
0: All right. <laughs> but you got a couple of aliens chasing another alien, and one of them's got this container, right? And they, this one is running, and through detail, when you finally get the look, his eyes are a little different from the other aliens. It's kind of a giveaway to what's happening here. But he takes this container, and it jettisons off of the spaceship, just like R2-D2 and C-3PO in the original Star Wars movie. And he just shoots it out into space, and so whatever they were that he was hiding, he's thrown off the off the ship. And then we get a scene where it cuts away to black and white, and some text comes up that says "1959 Sorority Road." <laughs> so we've gone from space movie to 1950s goody two shoe time in America, right? Corman University. Yeah, yeah. And we got this guy that's uh, pulling up to to pick up his date. His name's Johnny. And uh, they go out parking, and while they're parking, they're looking at the the stars. And uh, a policeman walks up, (laughs) 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 who is uh, this lady's ex-boyfriend. They just split up. But he's out there to warn everybody that, hey, there's some kind of madman on the loose. And y'all probably need to get out of here, but much to his surprise, his lady here is in a a car with this other dude, and he's not happy about it, but he just tells him, hey, just get on out of here. While that's going on, a meteor flies overhead, (laughs) and Johnny, (laughs) the guy that's out with the lady, decides, I'm going to go check this out, like you do in every
1: sci-fi movie from the 50s.
0: Yeah, Yeah, if I was making out with with an attractive
2: (laughs) college girl... At, at, you know, make out points, and I saw a meteor crash, I'd be like, hold up, honey. Hold up. (laughs) Yeah. Put this on hold. We have to go look at the brightest star and go look at the meteor. Makes sense. (laughs) Perfect sense.
0: Yep. (laughs) So he drives out to this location and just parks the car and leaves her in the car. Because he's being safe, right? I want to keep her safe from whatever this thing is. She may get burned by the fire or whatever. (laughs) So he goes out to look at the meteor. She stays in the car, and she happens to turn on the radio. And there's a live report of, warning, there's a crazy man running around with an axe that's chopping people up.
2: (laughs) I love that, too, because they they, they play with that throughout that entire opening where they start – in su- in other news an escaped mental, and then they turn the station and they're playing like head on my shoulders turn the sta- you know and every time it comes up them he just turns the station to just miss it until we get that perfect point of her sitting in the car They do the right. Corman University, so of course she turns on the headlights and sees corman university yep. it's a great scene great yeah great setup yep. and
0: needless to say, homicidal maniac sneaks up behind her. It pretty as much chops do. her up with an axe. Yeah, because, you know, you're right exactly where the radio yeah. guy said that you didn't need to be. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, which why the cops didn't look where the radio guy said? I don't know.
2: I mean the the, the radio guy said he was there. Why didn't the cops go there? Yeah. Yeah.
0: That's a great point. <laughs> <laughs> I call him as I see him. <laughs> oh, but yeah, while well, that's happening, Johnny is back where the meteor is. And he leans over, and it's, the container's busted open, and a slug basically jumps up out of the thing, goes flying right into his mouth, and that's all we see. And uh, like I said, as soon as this is all over, then it cuts to Pledge Week on the same campus in 1986. So we've jumped to modern time, if you will. <laughs> yep, third opening. Where they're playing, they're playing an excessive amount of Walla Voodoo in this movie too. I don't know if you noticed that, but like yeah. every song gets playing is Walla yeah. Voodoo. Well, that's actually something I wanted. I, I did want to bring up as we talked about this because I
2: actually I love the soundtrack to this. The retro yeah, stuff, you know, uh, the Stroll, Head on Your Shoulders, that's all excellent stuff. Then they're playing, you know, Blue, you know, Day or whatever it is. Jane Jane Wilden singing there. Yeah, yeah, I was in heaven. Yeah, yeah. Eleven-year-old Joe's like, "This is my stuff. I'm happy." And then forty-five-year-old Joe's like, "Yeah, good, good, good taste, Joe." <laughs> stick
0: with it. Stick, yeah, with, stick it. with it. <laughs> uh, at this point, we get to meet Chris and JC. Pretty much, the people we're going to follow through the rest of this movie. Chris is pretty much a naive young guy trying to make his way in the world, and JC's his buddy, who's uh. Has a little uh, handicap in his life, but he has a big chip on his shoulder too. He doesn't let it hold him back. Uh, actually, he's probably my favorite character in the whole movie. But oh yeah, that's just me. <laughs> definitely, I'm, I'm with you there. I, I love well, JC. Second favorite well, yeah. character. Let's, let's yeah, second favorite character. Yeah, we can't we can't forget that. <laughs> right. And they're hanging out, and like I said, it's pledge week. They're out in front of the betas building or the betas house, and Chris sees Cynthia, which is the girl of his dreams. Uh, he's afraid to talk to her. They actually go into the beta house where she's going in. Chris thinks eventually that the only way that Cynthia will have anything to do with him is if he's in a fraternity. And I mean which that sound logic. Sense. Yeah, it's
2: sound logic because you know, yeah, it's it's he's the guy from uh, you know from what the second vacation movie. Yeah, yeah European vacation. Yeah, he's from yeah. European vacation. <laughs> he's going to need yeah he's going to need a uh, sorority or a fraternity behind him. Do you know? Yeah, to get in there, he's, yeah. good move on his part.
0: So they decide, in order to make this happen, they're going to pledge to the betas, and the president of the betas, uh, who we find out is Brad, the Brad, is the uh, the boyfriend of Cynthia, yeah, and uh, he's you know your typical preppy '80s guy. I absolutely love
2: Brad. He is because uh, do you remember Mama's Family, the TV show Mama's yeah. Family? He was the oh. he was the 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 idiot essentially in mama's family and here he just comes out like somebody tried to clone james spader and it failed (laughs) and then like you you see them sitting there with like the groups of you know things and you even have the one guy sitting next to him when they first meet with the cigarette just completely being (laughs) the 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 guy from animal house the one preppy from animal house and just such yeah. yeah great Great, very stereotypical. Playing it perfect. I never knew
0: he was the guy on Mama's Family. Yeah. That's good. Yeah. Wow. Well, see, to me, I always think of, you know, where's his follow-up story? I mean, it's almost like he's Zabka Jr., right? It's almost like they're going to make a movie and say... Yeah. No man. This this, you know, Chris was being mean to me and you do the whole flip thing and we get a, a series later on, you know. Yeah, I don't know after the after you know, kicking the crutch out from under
2: JC. I don't know if he, I don't know if we're going to be able to build any sympathy. It's going to take a you know, Probably. a much better writer than me to do that.
0: Uh, so, in order to join the betas, he gives them a challenge they got to fulfill and um it's not an easy one. They have to go find a corpse and deliver it to one of the other fraternities' front steps, and just drop the body off, and uh, there you go. You're you're a you're a beta. I don't know, man. It,
2: it's I don't know. I think I disagree. I think it is pretty easy. It's so easy, it almost does it itself. I mean, it almost does it for them, <laughs> it, so that they don't have to really do it. Does. It's almost like the corpse just gets up and walks away, and all yes, they have to absolutely. do is run away screaming like banshees. <laughs>
0: There you go, folks. That's the whole show. We don't have to cover anything Boom. else. That's it. Have a good day uh <laughs> well it it's it does give you that thing of okay, we're on a college campus. Where do you find a corpse? <laughs> well, I mean obviously,
2: Ricky, you go to the uh,
0: cryogenics freezer. I mean,
2: every college camp has, you know, a, uh, I mean, I don't know. I wasn't allowed in college, but I'm guessing that, you know, people that were allowed to go to college had, you know, worked at the cryogenics freezer.
0: (laughs) And you, and you gotta love the fact of this doctor slash scientist guy is typing in his password to get into the office or the cryogenics science lab. And, uh. can't remember the last number which is zero <laughs> and, and that that star
2: that almost Star Trek quality metal door slide door that they have there that has no business being on, on a uh, college campus it's fantastic.
0: Well, why would cryogenics be on a college campus like this? I mean, <laughs> <laughs> well, now you're using logic. in '86,
2: <laughs> <laughs> and I love before before they even bring out that it's cry- cryogenics. I love when they're looking at the body and they're like, "Look, it's a pops thing," you know, like who is it? Walt Disney? Before they even establish, yeah. they're making the jokes about the
1: Walt
0: Disney being frozen. <laughs> oh, very yeah. clever,
2: very clever yeah. script. So many
0: hidden jokes in this. Yep. So they they find the frozen dude, which is Johnny, from the beginning of the movie. They've got him locked up in this, I don't know, container. And they decide to uh, – they find the conveniently placed disable button. <laughs> it's even labeled yeah. disabled button. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And
2: uh, was, was it disabled or disengaged? Because if it was disabled, it seems Maybe like – disengaged. The, okay, good, good, good. Because I was going to say if Maybe it was it's disabled, disengaged. the guy using the crutch to hit the disabled button <laughs> –
0: like I that's said, that's way that, too clever. That's
2: way too clever, even for Fred Decker.
0: Right. Disengage. I think that's correct, yeah. It's just a big red button. Yep. I mean, you can't yep. miss it. <laughs> uh, I mean, it's almost like the button in, in the Zarkov ship, yep. right, before, that he that he hits his head on to launch him into space. Yep, yep. Um, So we now we got this guy that they've broken out of there, and while they're moving him out of the lab. The corpse grabs one of them's arm, and they freak out and take off running like banshees. Screaming like screaming banshees. Screaming like banshees. It cuts away to where they're taking off running, and then the scientist shows up and sees them running out. He goes in and sees the body land there, and he leans over the body, and guess what? A slug jumps out of Johnny's body that's been in this thing for 40 years, and it goes right into the scientist's mouth. And then it cuts away and goes to detective ray cameron's dream sequence ray
2: cameron tom atkins has said that this is his favorite role
0: and he is amazing in this role he acts yeah. the heck yeah. out of it that's phenomenal uh, this is this is the movie that made me a tom atkins oh, fan yeah. oh
2: yeah this uh, movie made 11 year old joe tick his parents off by answering the phone with thrill me and always answer thrill me and yeah my dad no you gotta you gotta say you can't say hello you can't say thrill me okay
0: whatever <laughs> tom Atkins could do it dad I that's can. right i've even got a i've got a tom Atkins shirt that says thrill me some yeah <laughs> it's, it's Nice. Awesome. nice but yeah man this this nice. dream sequence it, it it turns out that the girl when she was killed was again his his love interest his first love and uh he keeps having these dream sequences of her as she is she's aged just like he has like their love relationship never ended, but they do this kind of tribute to jaws here where she's out in the water and it's all in reverse she's coming yep. up out of the water nice. and you got the people passing in the bikinis, and that's the swipes i mean it's it's dead up jaws <laughs> no no doubt about it, yep, and it's a yep. it's a freaky dream sequence. And then the phone rings, and like you said, he answers, throw me. <laughs> and he gets the call yep. that something's happened down at the lab. And so he goes down there, and the scientist's body is there, but Johnny's body is nowhere to be found. He starts giving the cops a hard time. Hey, you called me. You said there was two bodies down here. I come down. There's one. The other thing about this, is, and we're getting really close to it, but all of their names are names of horror directors, even the college yep. – is named after yeah. you know
2: the university. Cynthia Cronenberg uh, was was it J C. Uh, um, you got J C. Wasn't it J C. Romero and the C was Carpenter? No,
0: it's 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 and John Carpenter. Ramey. I've got it. Uh, it's John Carpenter Hooper <laughs> and Christopher John Carpenter Christopher Hooper, that's Romero. Right. That's right. That's yeah. right. So all, everybody's named after horror directors, except
2: for one person isn't named after a horror director, and that's. In a cameo, in an excellent cameo, not to jump ahead, but in an excellent cameo, we have Dick Miller playing, if you look at his name tag, it says, they they call him Walter, and then his nickname or his name tag says W. Paisley. Ah. So playing his character from Bucket of Blood, the same name. So while it's not... Exactly. It's still a nice throwback right. to, uh, to a classic. Oh, the old
0: Corman stuff, yeah. And Dick Miller's amazing it's Dick Miller. it, and that scene is fantastic. <laughs> yeah, it is, man. So, uh, we're at the point to where they're looking for the other body, Johnny's body, and it ends up, it just, you know, <laughs> Cameron even says, well, it didn't just get up and walk away. Well, yes, it did. It, it did, Cameron. It <laughs> got up and walked away to the sorority. <laughs> climbed up in front of Cynthia's window his head split open and a bunch of slugs come out of it and uh they go down into the basement of the house of the sorority house so a little flash to earlier. There's a, a girl that's there, that's staying there, that's doing some kind of science project. That's got, I don't know, a big crate full of brains. <laughs> well, yeah. Again, as you
2: would, it's very common for you know. Again, I wasn't allowed for security reasons on college campuses. We won't talk about that for right now. <laughs> but uh, you know, um, again, as they would, sorority girls carried around boxes full of brains. It's I understand. It's it's common. Sure.
0: Granted, everything I know about colleges I got from movies. So. I, I may be off. They decided to take those and put them down in the basement because they want them. They don't want them just laying around the house anywhere. Because you know, ooh, brains, ew. You know, so, <laughs> and we do get a timely uh, placed cat jump scare here too. Lady hears something at the Gordon. door, and we're thinking it's going to be Johnny's corpse walking up to the door, but she opens the door, and a cat jumps up, and it's Gordon. <laughs> you know what and,
2: and I don't know why I have no idea why but you ever you you watch a movie and there's just that little thing that just clicks in the back of your mind that just drives you crazy yeah. For some reason, when it pays off, her delivery of Gordon, when she's like, Gordon, Gordon. I have no idea why, but it like sets the hair on the back of my head, neck standing up, and I'm always like it, whenever it starts, it's like, oh, she's about to say Gordon, and
0: I like get annoyed with it. I have no idea
2: why. Watching it again, I'm like, it's really not that bad.
0: Why does it bother me so much? And then she said it, I'm like, oh. Because Gordon is not a lovely, fluffy name when you say it. Yeah, no, Gordon. No, it is not. You know, you're supposed to say Gordon's alive. You know, <laughs> not oh, Gordon. You know. <laughs> nice, nice. That was good. That was good. I saw. I, I heard what you did there. Oh, nice, nice. So, uh, we got a body in front of the sorority house now, and the cops show up and they're trying to figure out what's happening. The next morning at school, Brad confronts Chris and JC. With probably the best gag that's in this movie with, uh, don't you know the difference between the sorority and a fraternity? And he says, it's all Greek to me. (laughs) Classic. Not cool, bro. Not cool, bro. (laughs) Not cool. (laughs) Uh, And this is the part where they're trying to walk away from him, and they say, look, man, we chickened out. We couldn't even do it, so we don't even know what you're talking about, about this corpse. And, uh, when they walk away, then, yeah, Brad trips JC, and he falls on the ground, and then, uh... Cindy gives him the one fingered salute and people clap. Very creatively.
2: Yeah. Very creatively. She doesn't just, you know, flip him off. She does the hand up there. She does the it's old the style, crank. you know, crank <laughs> to to slowly bring it up. Kind of almost, you know, Star Lord esque. Yes. If I may say so. Yeah. Maybe he... Very
0: nice, very nice. Good job, Cynthia. <laughs> and out of this, uh, some cops are standing there, or one of the one of the officers is there, and he ends up Hauling Chris and J.C. in, and we get the the fantastic interrogation scene. Yeah,
2: again, where we get the the, the classic line, screaming like banshees, yeah. and what's probably a little bit of an on PC uh, performance sure. by the janitor. Yeah, probably not something that would make it into a movie. But uh, again, it's just like uh, like another ten minute whatever scene of just watching Tom Atkins over the top just steal every (laughs) moment and just, but Jason Lively doesn't Amazing job, and that's. Oh, yeah. I think the two of them yeah. are fantastic. Yep. He doesn't try to meet, you know, Tom Atkins level. He just kind of keeps it, you know, low. Yep. I love that whole scene with the the back and forth with the JC trying to come up with a story. No, we didn't do it. And then Chris is just like, "We did it. We totally did it." He's lying. He's
0: lying. We did it. <laughs> yeah, it's so great. Yep. And again, like you said, the, the screaming like banshee guy. I mean, he's the janitor, and and he. Keeps Saying it over and over, and uh, so they end up cutting them loose, and it goes to a scene of the janitor at one point where he's actually just cleaning whatever, and he's still saying, screaming like banshee, and then all of a sudden, still chuckling to himself. The scientist from earlier is on an autopsy table, which I love. I love this scene. Yes, that's a great scene because he just he plops up. Just, I mean, straight up, and he's been sewn open, and the scissors and everything are still attached to where they've done this, the sewing and stuff. Yeah. And yeah, he gets off the table, toe tag and everything, and he's walking down the hallway, and a cop passes him and doesn't even look at him, just says, See you tomorrow. Doesn't even look up. <laughs> <laughs> well, and I also love that, like, the, the, um,
2: the, uh, Coroner's there, you know, he, he, he jumps and he turns and looks, nothing's <laughs> happening, and then he goes back to his thing, and then when he actually sits up and walks away, coroner doesn't even move, not even phase. just ignores it, lets it go, which actually brings me to something else I wanted to talk about with this. Yeah. So here's one of the things I want to do someday. I want to write a book about the history of coroners eating in movies. Oh, Yes. Yes. I mean, because again, we have the classic—the first time you see me sitting over the body, shoving a sandwich. Every single time you see that corner, he's just doing the old cliche. And I just—I want to know where that came from. I want to know when we started doing that. Yeah. I want to know the first place. I, I'm just—I'm fascinated by it. It kind of still no back to why, but I'm a lot of the it.
0: Giallo films, the, the Italian movies instead of it being the coroner, yes. it was always the detective. The detective is in most cases yes. eating something all yes. the time. So I don't know if it's yep. some kind of yep. carryover from, from just those movies or what, but you're right, man. All yep. through this decade yeah. Yeah. corners are, are yeah. eating maybe food. I'm overreaching by saying a book, maybe more of a pamphlet, but you know <laughs> I want to research it someday. That's awesome. It'll happen. That's great. Oh, <laughs> uh, but, yeah, he he uh, he's walking down the hall, and he runs into the janitor, and the janitor screams, and it cuts away. So you're thinking, okay, it got him too. Uh, may I ask a question? Yeah. When that janitor screams, would you say he
2: <laughs> screams like a banshee? Well, not really. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. Probably not. Yeah, probably
2: not. That's a stupid question. Not Banshee-ish.
0: Not not (laughs) Banshee-ish at all. So uh, it's just kind of a... (gasps) No, not even remotely. (laughs) (laughs) Um, From here, we go to um, Cynthia showing up at the guy's dorm room and wants to go out and take a walk. And, uh, of course, Jason Lively's character is super nervous around her, but they decide to go out and walk. JC's with them. And then at some point, JC says, look... You guys, you know, this is going a good direction for two people. Three's a crowd. So I'm going to head on to the little boy's room. So he goes to. JC being an amazing wingman. Yeah. Doing everything right, making sure his bud. Yeah, yeah. We all need a JC in our lives. Which there's a great scene we kind of pass through here, too, as well, because the scene after they get back from finding the corpse and all that, where they have a little dispute back and forth. And JC even lays out, look, man, I do everything for you, you know. You were trying yep. to find this girl, you're heartbroken, you think the only way she's going to get with you is if we join a fraternity, let's, let's join a fraternity, you know? So he's very, hey, whatever benefits you because I'm not going to get anything out of this deal, but I want you to be happy. So they have that kind of relationship. And again, the
2: one you know, you watch some of these these eighties movies and, and the people aren't natural, the people don't really connect well. Yeah. But like you watch this and like you buy that that Chris and J C are friends. Yeah. You buy that like Chris and Cynthia are friends. Right. It's completely believable. They all play off each other so well. Yeah. So that that's definitely one of the things that I love about this movie, is just it, it
0: does feel like you're watching a bunch of friends. Yeah. And even though that kind of comes to a screeching halt at this point. <laughs> cause, yeah, yeah. Because J.C. goes to the bathroom, and while he's in the stall, even though it's got probably my favorite thing in the whole movie where it says Striper rules behind his head on the wall. <laughs> yep, yep. And if if I'm, I am may be wrong, but doesn't it say Striper rules? Because didn't Decker like direct yeah. a Striper video or something I, like it's that? something to that degree, and I think some people that were working on the set Where's evil, either people that was working with them, or uh, there's something to that connection yeah. where they were all involved. Yeah, there's something with that connection. Yeah. yeah. But, uh, yeah, you'd think I would have looked that up before <laughs> just blurting it out here. But hey,
2: you know, this is my first time. Give me a break. Yeah, no Get off it. my back. You can look it up yourself. Not you. You're doing that. You're not on my back. I'm talking to the, to the listeners. Get off my back. <laughs> Google it if you want to know so badly. <laughs> <laughs> but then also, we have another reference in there, though. We have another reference a moment later to Decker's next movie, yep. when we see on the other wall, you know, go Monster Squad. Monster Squad. So,
0: Yeah. Yeah. Which we may have to return and do that one, too. <laughs> oh, such a good movie. Mm-hmm. Yes. So, JC's taking care of business, and all of a sudden he hears something, and he opens up the stall door, and laying on the ground in front of him is the split-open head of the janitor. And a bunch of these slugs have come out of it. And it's full-on panic time now because, you know, we don't want J.C. to die. (laughs) No, no. But he finds out something very, very important to the rest of the story is the fact of, and I don't know why he's lighting a book of matches. I don't know if he just stunk the place up that bad. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, you know, I've always
2: wondered that watching that scene because he's like he he establishes he knows the slugs are there. What am I going to do? Well, I'm just going to light matches and throw it <laughs> at the ground and see what happens. Just, just, yeah, just you know, fortunate that the first thing he tried happened to be the <laughs> right thing. To work. I mean, if he had had a water bottle on him and poured some water there, the whole movie would have gone completely. That's true. Different.
0: But no, he had he had, had matches. matches,
2: and so history was made.
0: Yep, he lit the whole back book of matches holds it under the door and one of those slugs come by and hits it and it just like totally disintegrates right there on the spot so we find out that fire destroys them uh but he's just not man enough to make it out on his own because one gets up his leg in his pant leg and it starts crawling up him and he's trying to get away and he falls down and here comes one straight for his mouth and just like all the other scenes where this kind of happens, you just kind of get a cutaway. But it don't look like it ends well it, for him. And you know what?
2: It, it doesn't end well for him, but you can't blame him. I mean, you got to – I have two working legs. I can walk fairly yeah. well. If one of those suckers jumped up my pant leg, yeah, I, I'd go face first into the bathroom floor Probably. as well. So, you know, yeah, yeah I'd face first in the bathroom. I'd be crying, though. So he's one <laughs> up on me because I'd be crying. He didn't cry. Yet, he cried a little bit later, but that's understandable. I'm just gonna
0: say this in passing, but I think JC looks a whole lot like the girl that's in just one of the guys when she has her hair cut short. <laughs> they look almost identical, and I'm not I mean, the hair is one thing, but the facial features and the way they say things and the way their eyes move when they talk. A lot of similarities, man.
2: Okay, so my crush on the girl from um, uh, Just One of the Guys yeah. had already created all sorts of weird feelings sure. that I wasn't, you know, <laughs> that I was working with. And now you've just kind of made it even muddier.
0: <laughs> it's secretly JC.
2: It's JC with boobs. Yeah, it's secretly JC. <laughs> it's JC with boobs.
0: <laughs> oh. Well, there you go. I figured I'd mess that up for you. <laughs> nice, nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, it worked well good job so so back to uh, Chris having his time with uh, walking around with Cindy and she's telling him all this crazy stuff of what she thinks going on and uh, we don't know it but he ends up walking her back to the to the sorority and when he's leaving he's being trailed by Cameron uh, the detective and they end up for some reason like you do you just end up going over to the detective's yeah. house and hang out yeah yeah. <laughs>
2: Yeah, after a great, you know, great little, you know, tete-a-tete between the two of them with the, you know, creepy crawlies, a date for the formal. Yeah. That's a great—I love that little exchange. Every—well, every exchange between them is good. Yeah. But that one's a great one, too.
0: Yeah, the fact that he's on cloud nine because she invited him to actually go on a date with him or with her. Yeah. And then he turns around, and there, <laughs> there's Tom Atkins smoking a cigarette going, hey, Spanky, <laughs> we need to talk. <laughs> I love that he calls him Spanky and Alfalfa because really Spanky and Alfalfa. that's the way you hear him referred to pretty much the rest of the movie. <laughs> oh yeah.
2: Yeah. And I mean later on, Chris even yeah. refers to him refers to them as span- himself as Spanky and Alfalfa. Right.
0: So uh they go back to Cameron's house and uh he- Cameron starts talking about his past, and one of the craziest oh, so scenes. I absolutely good. love this scene, man, because he's even Me like. Too. <laughs> he talks about they are both so good. Yeah, Chris is
2: so uncomfortable, <laughs> and Tom Atkins he has tears in his
0: eyes as he's delivering this speech. Yep. It's so good. He's bearing his soul about the night that. His woman was dead, and he he ended up uh, getting revenge on this maniac that was running around. But he talks about, he asked asked Jason Lively about, so, did you have a girlfriend before? Yeah, she kind of broke my heart and decided we shouldn't see each other again. He said, yeah, I had a girlfriend once, too. She decided we shouldn't see each other anymore, either. Then I found her in the car and on the ground. Over in the woods, <laughs> <laughs> I found her on the ground in the car in the woods. <laughs>
2: your your girlfriend went on to to marry and have kids. My girlfriend was was cut up into pieces, <laughs> or however that line goes. Yeah,
0: and it just gets darker and darker. It's like I mean, that, that's oh. that's where it kicks off, and then it just keeps getting darker from there <laughs> yeah. to the point he says, "You know what happened Why next? Are you, telling me <laughs> <this>? <laughs> you know what happened next, Spanky? Or should you be telling me this? Close." I leveled off that shotgun in his chest. It's
2: fantastic. That's I love that line too. I love that line too. Should you be telling me this? Close, close. <laughs> it's like he's not even listening. He's in his own world.
0: He's just
2: uh, just uh, you know admitting to a 25 year old murder. Yeah.
0: And the thing is, is he confesses not only to the murder, but he buried him behind the sorority house, which is now where the house mother's cottage is. And uh, yep, instantly. I mean. Right out of him saying that, it cuts to the house mother's cottage. She's sitting there watching Plan 9 from Outer Space. and uh, Second Plan 9 from Outer Space reference in
2: the movie. Earlier in the beginning when um, uh, the first girl leaves to go to uh, on her date, The one of the two peoples that they walk by is sitting there going, Oh, did you see Plan 9? And then they cut. <laughs> ah.
0: So second Plan 9 reference wow. in the movie. But yeah, she's sitting there watching TV and all of a sudden up through the the ground of the of the, the floor of the house bonk, comes the uh, bonk, the bonk. maniac with an axe. It, I'm like, why would he bury him with the axe? I mean <laughs> if you shot this guy And it was a there was blood on it too. <laughs> he didn't even clean it off. He just, you know, left the axe with oh, him. Oh man.
2: Yeah, I wondered that too. Why but you know in his defense, Detective Cameron is not the most, you know, even yeah, keel guy. that's
0: true. Very true. He, he may be a couple of, years old. And know, he was a, he he was a rookie at this bit. point, too, so he didn't think things yeah, through. Yeah, he didn't think yeah. about, hey, what if this body comes back alive? He'll have a way to bust up out of a floor if he's got an axe. Or if he doesn't, then he'll just be under the house for a long time.
2: <laughs> I mean, really, who could see that coming? You know, if if he could see that coming,
0: yeah, that that would be a little... uh, Yeah, so y- you got to forgive. Right. But yeah, now the house mother's been chopped up to bits... And again, Cameron gets the phone call. You need to come out here. So he grabs his shotgun, takes off, shows up at the house. And, uh, yeah, the the coroner is saying again while he's eating a sandwich or something, if we put put one body piece in each bag, we'd be here all night.
2: (laughs) And I love that he's saying that. There's like all these college girls yeah. just crowded around them, and the coroner's just flippant about their dead
0: house mother <laughs> that was just chopped up with an axe,
2: and who cares? Uh,
0: but yeah, he's looking for the body, and the body's nowhere to be found, Then you got an APB going on, cops are running around everywhere looking for somebody with an axe, and they finally find him. But there, there's, a, there's a great scene where the cops are in the car, and they're patrolling, and one of them stops because they so see good. something. And that skeleton person or whatever this maniac yep. comes up, which at this point, he kinda looks like Eddie off the cover of some of the Iron Maiden album covers. <laughs> yes, yes, definitely, definitely. Oh. Uh, definitely. He's just a skull yeah, and with with a mullet and yeah, that, and a hatchet.
2: <laughs> that's something about this movie too that I, I think it's 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 easy to forget the how good the effects are. Yeah really yeah I mean because that's it's a great looking zombie it's a great looking zombie you see like some of the stuff with people's faces half gone right. you know it's really really good effects in here even the slugs themselves yep. are so well done I'm not gonna say you never see the strings there's some moments sure. where you definitely see the strings but usually it's it's really well done yeah really impressive work on the I didn't look
0: up to see who did the effects but whoever did it you know kudos to you good job yeah I totally a, I know uh, to, you're totally listening. agree, man. I mean, I, I think that they, that they still hold up and it, it holds up in this in this eighties frame of what we're looking at. So yeah. you don't look at yeah. it and go, oh, that looked really crappy. I mean it it, it holds up yeah. to the time and just yeah. it's, it's enjoyable. Um, exactly, exactly. They're they're very good. Yeah. yeah, very fun. But they end up cornering this guy or this body in a dead end street. Cameron shows up with his shotgun. I've already killed you once, you know. So we kind of get that thing. Cops are unloading on this guy, and bullets aren't really doing anything. For some reason, his body's glowing. There's <laughs> light, shafts
2: of light coming out of his body for no reason. Well, that's, they're just coming out of the back. When we see him from
0: the front, they're not there. So. Well, you got to remember, yeah, this, I don't know what this is around about. the time of Rambo 3. And in Rambo 3, he blows that big hole in the in his side, and he cauterizes it, and you can see daylight through him. So it was just the going trend of the time. <laughs> Yeah, nice, nice. Uh, Rambo 3. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, and then uh, Cameron blows his head off with the shotgun, and a ton of these slugs come out, and all the cops are just standing, which I think is kind of odd, because now there's, I don't know, 15 cops standing around, all with their mouths open, shocked at what they just saw, and no no slugs are jumping in them. I thought that, yeah. that, that yeah. could have been a good opportunity, but, you know, it's in hindsight. yeah yeah
2: definitely, definitely. and uh, I like to think that every single one of those cops called off the next day that they were all like, You know what it, it, good pension, good pay, but you know what i'm I, I need a new career i'm not I'm not dealing with this.
0: <laughs> oh, but we're in luck because the very next day is the day of the dance, and we get an eighties montage that is a one hundred percent pure eighties montage. <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes. And and it's like I said, it's the scene because everybody's getting on the bus during that scene. Oh, yeah. Two things about this: it's the scene when I was a kid that I just kept re- uh, rewinding over and over and over again to count exactly how many people were on that bus to get a. Uh, uh, accurate number, and I also want to bring up one of my favorite side, because all the side characters, yes. too, like, like what was it, Steve, Steve with the he... unibrow at <laughs> <with> the beginning, <laughs> are all so good, and I absolutely love the guy taking attendance. <laughs> yes! Yeah. <laughs> on the bus. He is loving every minute of it. He's so yeah, like, yeah Steve, 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 you know, he is like, yeah. Yeah, and he is just loving taking attendance. You know, if things had gone on differently, he was going to become like an accountant. Yeah. He was going to work for the IRS or something and just enjoy just bookkeeping. He had a long you know, line of bookkeeping in front of him and it just it didn't work out because of the yeah. because of the den mother's dog. It's all because of what he said. We're going to get done,
0: dude. Yep. (laughs) We're going to get done, dude. (laughs) So I was probably rewinding this part of the movie, too, but it was probably to catch all the the brief nudity that leads into that as well, because I was 16 when this came out, so... Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. Yeah, there was that that nudity, but uh again,
2: just to show where my mind's at. I was like, "Oh, that's nice, but no, how, how many people are on that bus?" I need to Okay. Wait. Wait. Oh no, there's somebody behind that person. Need to Yeah. And you, and you,
0: priorities. You, you kind of said it too, man. This dog. This dog is kind of yeah. like the reason for the whole last half of the movie. I mean, Yeah. Yeah. Not only does it turn somebody more significant in the movie into a zombie, but it makes that whole bus crash. It's got all these guys dressed yes. up in tuxedos who are already half blitzed. The dog <laughs> runs out in front of this dog has already got a slug in it or many slugs. Uh, it walks up to Brad and he's at the sorority. He's going to go apologize. I guess he's apologizing. He's going to go talk to Cynthia and try to fix things. whatever he's doing because, you know, they have totally split and he sees the dog, and the dog uh gives him a slug <laughs> <laughs> and I remember loop right into his yeah, mouth I remember showing this to my niece, and it's one of those moments where you're already starting to put the the dots together, right and she says, if they end up killing this yep. dog at the end of the movie. I'm going to be mad. I'm like, it's already dead. <laughs>
2: She's like, yeah, no! I hate to tell you this. I hate to give you the bad news, yeah, but the
0: dog's already dead. Uh, yeah.
2: And, uh, I mean, depending on which ending you watch, the dog kind of makes true. it. True.
0: True. Yeah. Yeah, kind of. We'll talk about that for sure. Cause that's. We will de- that's definitely, we definitely need to talk about yeah. that. Yeah. So, uh,. uh do we go back to the, the dog runs out in front of the bus while while Brad has been now become a zombie? He goes to talk to Cynthia at the sorority. Knocks on the door. I guess he knocks on the door. Haven't figured that one out yet either. Yeah. yeah. And the uh, the girl from Return of the Living Dead is at the door. Su- Suzanne Snyder yep. opens the door and says, "Oh hi, Brad." <laughs> Cynthia! I'm sure. I'm so sure. I'm so sure, yeah. Sure because she thinks he's like got makeup on or something like he's supposed to look like a zombie. And the fact that Cynthia comes downstairs, grabs Brad by the hand, never looks at him, sits down on the yeah, steps. I love that she never oh, looks yeah. at him. They sit down to have this long conversation. She's just spilling her heart about how it's just over. And he's back there behind her, incubating. <laughs> <laughs> and these slugs are just popping out of his mouth. And landing on the ground in front of her,
2: it's hilarious. Completely oblivious, not even seeing it, not even seeing it. I love, like, the first, I said, yeah, I, like I said earlier, you don't always not see the strings, and, like, the first time you see it, you completely
0: see the string coming oh, yeah. down
2: his face being
0: used to pull it out.
2: <laughs> great,
0: great and stuff. And the fact that half the time it's not even his head, you know, it's a, it's a, you can tell it's a fake yeah. head, so that's, yeah. that makes it fun, yeah. too. But, uh... Yes, Leading definitely. up to this, we kinda of left out something important, is where J C has left a message for Chris. Chris can't find J C anywhere. And J C has recorded on his Walkman a message <laughs> about what's happened to him, about how he's changing and he can walk, but it's not a good thing. I tell you what, the message is very bothersome. And I get yeah. it goes back to you have you have Gone hook, line, and sinker for these characters. You really like these characters. Yeah. So when he's delivering this on this yes. cassette, you're heartbroken, you know? Oh yeah.
2: So Oh yeah. You you already know he's gone. Yeah. You already know it does not end well for him. Right. And having this callback, it's like, oh yeah, that's a hard scene. So
0: he ends up It's a hard scene. J C says that you know, he he feels like he's dead, he doesn't have a, a heartbeat or a pulse and he went down to the boiler room because he knows that heat will kill these things. And Chris goes down to the boiler room and finds his body laying there and you can see where several of these slugs have come out of him and they've all disintegrated so the heat he he did himself a service by going down there and not only doing himself in but the rest of them too so Yep. Yep. And because of that, yep. Chris goes back to Detective Cameron's house <laughs> who at this point has totally <laughs> they flipped his Alpha. lid totally flipped his lid he's taped up the door he's got the gas on on his stove <laughs> That's that's one of my
2: favorite. I, I, I'm gonna I say that a lot with this movie. That's one of my favorite things. But I love that scene, and that that's one of my favorite things with Fred Decker. Yeah, that like he puts like if you're not paying attention, you don't realize that he was about to kill himself. Yeah, you know, at first when he's pulling the tape off, you're like, why is he pulling the tape off? And then it's like two they yeah. do a cut and a cut and a cut, and it's like two scenes later that they pay off the gas. And if you're not paying attention, you have no idea that's happening. And if you then his next movie, Monster Squad. You pay attention to that one where the mom and dad are constantly like squabbling, uh, squabbling back and forth. There's a scene in that where the mom comes down the steps and she's packed up all her stuff. Yeah. And she's leaving him. It's not mentioned in the movie. It's not a plot point. Just like this, it's not a plot point. It's just like this casual, realistic darkness just worked yeah. in to the storyline in the background, just to make the the movie all the more real. Well, uh, I wish
0: we had gotten more out of Fred Decker. I wish these yeah, movies had done. absolutely. So. I totally agree. That's that's one of those things you're just like, what, you know, why why stop when when you were making such great stuff? Yeah. But yeah, I think you you know. Cameron has just relived his worst nightmare. This is a thing that he can't yeah. get out of his mind, and he, now he had to do it again, kill the same guy again. Yeah. So yeah, he's he's ready to uh, bon voyage. He's ready to leave this planet. And uh, luckily, Chris knocks on the door, and at first he tries to ignore the door knocks, and he ends up getting up, like you said, peeling <laughs> the tape off the doors that's been sealed off. Angrily peeling <laughs> like, the tape What off? do you want? <laughs> and that's when he says, they got Alpha Alpha." So he knows right then that, and he starts telling him about what he heard on the tape where he says the, the slugs get in you and they they lay eggs in your brain and that's how they regenerate. So at this point, they decide to go to the sorority the house because they know all this is falling apart. That's it all kind of after picking up a after flame from the Dick uh, Miller yeah, they, Cam which is
2: so great. So great, man. Go back and watch it just for the Dick Miller scene.
0: Yeah, him and Tom Atkins together, man. Yeah, if you got the permissions, just the uh, just hand me the, the permission slip there. Yeah, you see... Uh, as, he's, as he's casually <laughs> playing with the shotgun shell and casually yeah. loading up the see, shotgun. See, that's the, uh, the problem there, Miller, Walt. Uh, I don't well, have one. <laughs> oh, that, that uh... Dick
2: Miller doing such a good job with his nervous, you know... <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: Dick Miller knows he's screwed. <laughs> yeah. He knows he needs to... Brilliant, brilliant. <laughs> Yes. But uh, they end up getting back to the sorority just in time when Brad is about to have his head exploded and attack Cynthia. And they end up uh, shooting Brad in the head and uh, setting his head on fire. <laughs> like you do. Yeah. Like you do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that makes sense. That's what you – that's,
2: you know, not to be that guy, but that's kind of what we need to do with the Bradsters right. of the world.
0: So, what was he telling? <laughs> Sorry, Brad. Don't take it personal or something. What does it say, too? Yeah, something like that. Don't take it personal. Yeah, something like that. Uh, And then, (laughs) then we cut back to the actual bus that's been crashed. Yes. Where you were probably keeping score here, Right.
2: Yes, yes. As it, when I'm sitting with my notebook, I remember tossing my notebook going, well, now they're coming back to life. Do I count them? <laughs> do I, you know, do I count them twice? Because, like, you know, technically, you know, do, do zombies count? And so I had this whole, like, I had to pause the movie to have this whole moral, you know, discussion with myself as to whether or not zombies counted as human life and whether or not to count them twice. Yeah. Ultimately, I put a little asterisk next to uh, Night, uh, Night of the Creeps at the top, and then I put added a uh, second column just for zombie deaths.
0: <laughs> wow. <laughs> and yeah, I'm going, yeah, yeah, hey, I got to almost see I don't know, four sets of boobs. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, I'm sitting here making notes on zombie deaths and you're sitting there five years
0: older than me going, boobies. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, so the best crashes and then you get all these guys that are all bloody from head to toe in tuxedos. Roaming down the street, coming straight for the sorority, and we get the iconic Tom Adkins line. The classic line. Well, I got good news and bad news, ladies. Good news, your dates are here. Bad news, they're dead. They're dead. (laughs) (laughs) So good. Yeah. And at this point, it's just a throwdown, man. This is such a payoff, man. Zombies everywhere. You've got... Cynthia and Chris out front kicking butt. She's joined the fight now. And Chris is shooting them in the head and she's using the flamethrower to burn them out. And then you got Tom Atkins in the house trying to defend the ladies in there. Uh, We forgot that Gordon, the second Gordon, pops in before this. Yep, Where he's... Gordon. (laughs) And he's just a skeleton (laughs) cat at this point with worms all over his face. But... uh, (laughs) You start having zombies busting into the sorority from the back window where where yeah. Detective is. And when I met Tom Atkins, I got him to sign a picture, and I got him to write, It's Miller Time. I mean... <laughs> nice. Nice. Mine, uh,
2: I, I had... Uh... I had a quandary. I never asked them to write anything particular. There's only been two times where I've asked for anything particular, but I never asked for anything particular. Yeah. And I'm up there and I'm like, I can't decide between just the classic thrill right. me or I've got good news and yeah. bad news. Yeah. I, I couldn't decide which one I wanted. And uh, he knew his audience well enough to go to Joe Thrill right. Me, Tom Atkins. Yeah,
0: so. yeah I just, you know, uh, to me... That line, the, the it's Miller time is just so left field. Yeah. I mean, yeah. who went, who in the right man would? I'm fighting a zombie. <laughs> I've I've shot him, and now I'm getting a, a can of hairspray and my cigarette. And I'm gonna go. <laughs> it's Miller time. <laughs> I'm gonna light you up. <laughs> yes, pay off
2: the the cigarette that's been dangling from his mouth the entire uh. movie. Yeah,
0: and we get yeah. we get some great payoff to everything. Some great fight scenes outside. We got where they get in the, the little shed and they get locked up in there. Yeah. And zombies busting through it. Good plan. Yeah, you got uh, <laughs> it's the lawnmower where we killed Unibrow uni- uni- yeah. guy.
2: Ah, uh, oh, what was the line? That was that was very. Uh, I don't remember the line there when he did it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> oh, it doesn't matter. I don't remember the line. But it was one of those really Sorry, you know, dude. cheap '80s <laughs> yeah. lines, Sorry, dude. like "Sorry, something, dude" yeah. or something like that. Yeah. Oh. Uh, well, that's one of my favorite things about just that carnage there at the end is like you—you you just watch Tom Atkins just being a badass. Yes. Yeah. Like there's the one scene where he just catches the slug with his hand, yeah. you know, spinning around, shooting everybody. It's just like yeah. it's just like 15 minutes of him just being a it's badass. Awesome. But at the same time, you have. Chris and Cynthia out there, and like he ha- like one again another one of my favorite lines. He hands her the, the shotgun first and goes here, take this. It'll make you feel better. <laughs> and she kind of hugs it. She kind of like wraps it around and kind of like rubs her face on it. Like, and then from that point on, she is so natural yeah. with the shotgun because a lot of times you'll see these people in these movies and they look like you know they're they're going to break their arm if they actually right. shoot it. But you know she just seemed so natural with that shotgun like you know okay yeah i'm in this i know what i'm doing and like just all three of them just kicked into yeah. just you know badass ass Sur- survival so mode yeah and they're, yeah. they're holding their yeah. own
0: out there man i mean they they get in a couple yeah, of tight spots but they end up working out of it and then uh, that's at the point where chris notices that the slugs when they bust out of these zombies heads are going right back down to the basement and he goes okay what's down there and that's when you put together oh, that's where they stored all those brains. So they go in the house, get all the the ladies out of there, tell them get out. Get out of the house. Get out of the house now. And uh, they go down the basement and they're looking around. And then they see over in the corner. Tom well, they see Tom Atkins for sure and he's got oh, he's yep. got tape First. over his mouth. And yep. uh gallon or two gallons of gasoline in his hands. (laughs) (laughs) Convenient. Very
2: convenient that that gasoline was down there right near that big pile of rags (laughs) that, you know, everybody keeps in their basement. I know I always keep piles of rags. I mean, that's probably why I'm in an apartment now because, you know, the house always kept the uh, gas next to the pile of rags.
0: (laughs) And over in the opposite corner is about a thousand slugs just slithering (laughs) all over each other. And so what Tom Atkins is doing is he's got tape over his mouth so he can't be, um, what's the word, infiltrated. (laughs) Infiltrated, that works, infiltrated. Uh, Zombified. Zombified. And he's taking the gasoline and he starts splashing the gas everywhere and he takes the tape off his mouth and he starts counting down. So he's telling Spanky and Cynthia they need to get out of there because he's about to blow this place up. So they take off running. They're doing the countdown as they're running out. He's splashing the. And neither of their countdowns even. Oh remotely yeah, not match. even close.
2: Yeah. They are not even close. There's no continuity between them. Yeah, it's it's like they don't even
0: match themselves. Well, he gets. They do a horrible job. Well, the Chris countdown. gets faster as it goes towards the end too. So yeah, <laughs> it's like yeah. But anyways, they make it outside, and that's where you get again another slugs. There's a- several of them. They're like going to fly at him and get to him. Uh, get to the detective but when jason or when jason when chris counts down to zero and says detective thrill me the whole sorority just goes up in a ball of flames boom killing all of the slugs all of them maybe (laughs) yeah maybe maybe so it's
2: all over it They have that nice moment, the the eye contact,
0: the two of them finally kiss. Yeah, even though all of her personal belongings that she's had all her life is just now burning up, and there's probably some ladies that were probably passed out in the back room somewhere. It's probably burned up a lot, but hey. Yeah, yeah, but you know. What can you do?
2: Yeah, I mean what what you gonna love, do? You can't you can't, you can't grieve forever. <laughs> yeah, you can only grieve for so long. You can't expect them to worry
0: about that forever. <laughs> but we get the, the 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 scene here where they've they've finally uh, embrace. And uh, according to what version you watch This is yes. where we have two different endings. Yes. Uh, the one that I grew up seeing, they're kissing and they see the little dog coming up. They bend over to look at the dog, and a slug comes out of the mouth. And then we get a cutaway to black, and that's the way the movie is. Yes, it it's
2: interesting. Like like you said, that's the one you you grew up seeing, and, and that's a, definitely the one I remember seeing. But this is like one of the first movies that I remember being conscious of the fact that there was an alternate ending. Ah. Oh. So, I I know I saw it somewhere before it came out on DVD, because I already knew what that ending was, and I had already seen the stuff, so I know it had had come with, so, like, this was, like I said, this is like, one of the first movies that I was, like, aware that there were different
1: endings.
2: And, uh, yeah, I have no idea where I saw that, but, you know, I I did see it somewhere, and I was actually when, uh, like I said, I watched it last night with a friend showing it to her for the first time, and again, she loved it, had a lot of fun, and uh, I was trying to remember where I saw it for the first time, because I know it wasn't that DVD, but, uh, yeah, I was definitely aware of the alternate ending, and the alternate ending, I remember, is different than the alternate ending that's in the um, theatrical or the uh, director's cut. Oh, really? Because yeah, because the director's cut, as I'm sure you were just about to explain, yep. the director's cut they kind of embrace the uh, quality of video gets really, really bad. Yeah. You cut to Detective Cameron walking down the street <laughs> with the slug. Yep all burnt up and thing he falls his head explodes slugs everywhere they go up under the fence and then you just see this adorable you know fake cemetery that looks like it was made for a 12 year olds you know model train and you know the alien ship flying (laughs) over it looking for it and then as it disappears the stroll starts i remember seeing it without Seeing Tom Atkins. That makes sense. I remember seeing it without Tom Atkins there where you just see it and then you see the slugs. I want to say, I remember the slugs coming from the dog, but well, I could be completely wrong
0: on it, that. You know, it, it, and that would totally make sense to me, you know, because then you're back down to possibly one slug, right? Yeah. Whereas, like yeah. you said, with Atkins, you've got, you know, several that come out or whatever so yeah. yeah I mean the fact that it's the cemetery so you're saying oh man yeah. this could be really Return yeah. of the Living Dead you yeah. know yeah or you know which ending do you prefer I, I still like it with the dog coming up and you get the slug coming out and mm-hmm. it just ends I, I, I still prefer that one I guess because it's that thing of it's the first one I saw yeah yeah, I think I actually like the, um, I think I actually like, th- I don't like that Detective Cameron is
2: turned. Right. I, w- I want him to have just right. died. I don't want him to have been turned. But uh, I, I think I like that ending better because, you know, we get the cemetery and then the spaceship. Yeah. I like the tying back into the spaceship at the end of the first, at the, or at the beginning of the movie. Yeah. Ending with the beginning. I like bringing that all together. But I do love the dog, even though it hints that, you know, Jill Whitlow got turned. Sure. And I don't think I like that. No.
0: Well to me to me it kind of left it open to uh sequel right you know yeah. uh, you yeah. could you could easily have this run on and on and that was another thing of the of trend of the time too man is always leave it open cuz yeah. you never know so oh yeah you know that's the reason we get yeah. Bride of Reanimator and Beyond <laughs> Reanimator and <laughs> Yeah. Those we could have probably done without. <laughs> but anyways. Um. Yeah. Well, you know what? Beyond Reanimator gave
2: us, you know, one of the best songs <laughs> ever in horror movie history yeah. in Shake Your Dead Bones. <laughs> uh, you got to reanimate those feet. I'm not going to count. The, I'm not going to tell you the amount of times I've driven home from work at two o'clock in the morning, when you know we could actually leave the house to go to things like work, with my radio blaring, singing Doctor Reanimator at the top of my lungs. <laughs> Happened way too many times for me to count. That's
0: awesome. Uh, so yeah, man, this this movie to me is just. I don't I don't see how you can call yourself a horror fan and you haven't seen this one. You, it may not be one that you like because. Horror is a lot of different things to people, right? Uh, yeah. This one, to me, this is a gateway horror movie, right? This is one that you definitely, can definitely. let 11-year-olds and teenagers watch, yeah. and they actually get a kick out of it. And uh, yeah. it's not too scary, but it's got enough stuff in it to make you go, you know? Yeah, and it's got a nice mix of comedy without being,
2: it's funny, but it's not a horror comedy. Right. So it it... it yeah, does that line really well? Which again, so does Monster Squad, yes. which again I think is
0: the the strength of Fred Decker. Yep. Yep. And just the brilliance of sci-fi to the sci-fi fifties movies to moving it up to yes. the eighties, which all that stuff goes hand in hand, anyways. Because I remember growing up, yeah. going to school, we would actually still have sock hops, right, where they played all the old fifties tunes, and you dressed up in fifties nice. regalia and and it's it's amazing how those trends, you know. Yeah. The 80s was fat, infatuated with the 50s. As weird as that is. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And, yeah. And now we're infatuated with the 80s. Yes. Yeah. And, because and 90s. It's, it's that parent. I guess we're moving to the, to yeah, the 90s. It's now. that yeah. parent thing, right? So whatever your parents was into yeah. kind of becomes part of what you're influenced by. Yep. And that's just how that thing yep, keeps definitely. rolling. Yep. Well, dude. I, I, I don't really have a rating system or anything for this. I just think this is a highly recommended film. This is really high on my list of movies that I would share with people. So, you got any final words you want to say about this one, man? You know what? Like you said, this is, you know.
2: It's just a classic. I was lucky enough, this time last year, as a matter of fact, one of my last cons I was able to go to before the world shut down, I got to meet uh, Jill Whitlow and Jason Lively. And it was a small con, so there wasn't a lot of people there. So I just got to stand there between the two of them and just listen to them just back and forth and talk to each other and it's it was immediately clear that the reason they're so good with each other is because they actually like sure. each other they're actually friends yeah. and you know they got along so well and it, before if you know i know we're a little over but nah. you know one quick story about no that so i met him and talking back and forth and uh uh jason cannot stop joking <laughs> He did not stop joking the entire time. He also didn't stop moving. He was very like, very frenetic and very just moving. And uh, he starts telling me about it. He's like, hey, you know, there's a version of this coming out with an action figure. And I'm like, yeah, the Tom Atkins action figure. He goes, no, 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 not that one. And he's like, there's a version of it coming out with a Jill Willow action figure. <laughs> and, I'm, and she looks at him like, what the hell are you talking about? <laughs> and she's like, and she's got this look like, I don't like where this is going. And he goes, yeah, yeah, but only it comes with a bicycle pump and you have to blow it up if it's life size. And she's like, "Oh my god, you you didn't just say that." And he's like, "Yeah." And I I jumped right in. I'm like, "Well, you know what the best part about that is?" And they both look at me like like, "Okay," you know, and I'm like, "The best part about that is moving forward, you can go to a completely different type of convention. You know, it just opens up a completely different world of conventions, having something like that on your, you know, resume. And, uh, and, uh, She laughs and like, yeah, you know, and uh, maybe, you know, not so many nerds with sweaty hands. Uh. And I go, oh, no, no, there's still going to be people with sweaty hands. It's just it's sweaty for a completely different reason. So on the bottom of her autograph to me, it says,
0: be careful of men with sweaty hands. (laughs) That's hilarious. So I met Jason Lively with Tom Atkins. It was those two guys together. Oh, nice. And this is really before the resurgence of Night of the Creeps kind of happened before they even started, Mm -hmm. before the re-release, you know, the director's cut and all that stuff. Nice. And it was uh, Texas Frightmare, and they had everybody from all the Romero movies there, and then off in the corner, they were going to have Tom Atkins and Jason Lively, and they didn't bring anything to sign from Night of the Creeps because there wasn't anything. And the people that were running it was like, are you out of your minds? And they're like, you mean people still like, this movie? They're like, are you kidding? So they actually went and took a copy of the movie and played it, and took some still shots, printed them off on on pa- photo paper, and gave them to them Amazing. so they'd have something to sign for people. And that's one of the things I got. Amazing. And my story with Tom Atkins was, uh, I man, I've got. Who cares how long <laughs> this episode is? We'll we'll talk. <laughs> <laughs> this was the. They had found a uh, an original print of *Night of the Living Dead* that was on like nice. sixty mil or something. I mean, man, mm-hmm. I mean it was, and they were actually going to show it and at a theater in Texas mm-hmm. with Romero and everybody there. Now this isn't where <sighs> this isn't where cool. they were going to show it and Romero and everybody standing up front. They were sitting in the seats. Mm-hmm and me nice. and my buddy uh David Foster which he's probably listening he uh he's the biggest Romero fan so this was like his Romero palooza i mean everybody from every freaking movie was there and um so we we go to the theater and watch this movie Night of the Living Dead and right across from us is D Wallace Malcolm McDowell George Romero then everybody else that's that's involved in these flicks are all sitting there and we're just in hog heaven on the way out there was an after party that we were supposed mm-hmm. to go to and we didn't know we're, we're in texas i mean I, we're from tennessee we don't know the first thing about texas so we're trying to find somebody and say how do we get to this other location because we don't even know where we're at we found the theater somehow and we saw ken foray and hey, nice. hey ken i said you know we're big fans i said but we're supposed to go this after party thing. He's like, Oh yeah, he said, We're supposed to go there too. He said, I'll tell you what, y'all just follow me. And so here we are driving down the road following Ken Foray <laughs> to this party. <laughs> and perfect
2: person to follow because oh, no way you're gonna lose him in a crowd. Exactly. You are never gonna lose Ken yeah. foray in a crowd.
0: And uh I can go on and on about that story. But what it come down to is I went to the restroom <laughs> at the party and out in the lobby mm-hmm. was Tom Atkins. He goes, uh Hey, uh, I'm, I'm trying to find a John. <laughs> I'm like, Hey, okay. It's, it's right over here. And he says, uh, I, I'm Tom, by the way. I said, yeah, I, I know who you are, man. I said, you're one of the coolest people ever. And he's like, Oh, so you know who I am? I was like, yeah. He said, what's your name? Scout. And I, I told him my name was Rick. He's like, uh, you got a pretty good accent there. He said, Where are you from? And I told him Tennessee. So the rest of the whole time that we were there, I would walk by and he'd call me Ricky Bobby. <laughs> <laughs> hey Ricky Bobby. <laughs> Appreciate you help nice, the other night. Nice. So But he's that person that you you wonder how much of it is the character and how much of yeah. it is real. He he has a part of that in him already. Definitely. And uh just super cool, yeah. man. Super cool. And and I just I love that. That whole memory and and Jason Lively, like you said, they were cracking up with each other and and it was just fantastic. So, but yeah, man, all, nice. all you folks listening, you got to check this movie out. It's a ton of fun. Can't recommend it enough. We may try to get together and do Monster Squad if you're up for that. We should, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I'm up. Yep, well, definitely. Well, man, I. Totally appreciate you coming on. This has been a blast. I'm sure that we could talk for another four or five hours. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Definitely, yeah. We, it, it's been great. It's been a lot of fun. Yeah,
0: and it, it, so and, far, uh, it hasn't messed up on us. So. Uh.
2: <laughs> no, no. Yeah, everything, I mean, this is my first time doing this, so we still have plenty of time for me to stupid at it. So I could stupid <laughs> it before we're done here, but uh, I'm, my fingers are crossed. Oh, well, man, I appreciate you hanging out with me. No problem, no problem. Just I got one thing to say before we go though. Yeah.
0: Detective thriller. All right. Folks, we will see you later on. Adios.